G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Martin Isles is the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, back with us as we talk usually on a Monday morning. Martin, a special welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Good to be with you again. Hey, Martin, let's start with the way that things seem to be progressing in the lead-up to the election this coming Saturday. Another news poll, the most reliable poll about how things are progressing, and uh, it still has the ALP on 51 and the uh, Liberal National Party Coalition on 49%. Uh, What are your thoughts about whether the polls matter in the week before the election? Well, these are the polls that matter most, Neil, I think, uh, because all of a sudden you're getting to the point where the number of undecided voters is shrinking, uh, and also one of the big tales from this poll is that the number of voters voting for minor parties has shrunk as well as they've actually decided to get their cards to either Liberal or Labor. So we're getting to the point at the end of the campaign, and this is the kind of poll that will make uh, Scott Morrison and Bill Shorten step and look. And to be honest, I don't know that it's the poll that Scott Morrison wanted. Um, there's been there's been notable uh, improvement in the coalition's position as against Labor on the two-party preferred vote for the last few polls. Scott Morrison really got some clear air uh, shortly before the campaign was called. But this poll is um, exactly the same on a two-party preferred measure as the poll two weeks ago. So it's still 51-49. It still means the paper would win the election, although narrowly. But the only change really, or the only change worth talking about, is that Bill Shorten's um, approval rating has gone up, uh, and Labor have gained a couple of points on primary vote, although um, the coalition's also gained a point. But it has shown, essentially, this. Scott Morrison's momentum uh, has been blunted uh, in the last, you know, maybe few days, maybe a week or so. And I don't think that's the poll he wanted to see right now. He wanted to see that wave that the coalition was riding continue to unfold. Uh, so very, very close. Um, odds are that it's a Labor win, but uh, anything can happen in a week. A week is a long time in politics, Neil, as I say. <laughs> Look, anything could happen. So uh, we'll wait and see. Well, the momentum was with the Liberal National Coalition up until this weekend. And as you say, uh, while things stand uh, as they have been now for a number of weeks, ALP 51, uh, Liberal National Coalition 49, uh, there is even then a strengthening of this idea of preferred leader going to Bill Shorten, although there is still a significant uh, lead there for Scott Morrison there. Uh, Momentum, as you say, uh, things change dramatically in the week, and so uh, there are commentators who are saying it's uh, it's the Labor parties to lose uh, this election, and uh, yeah. and uh, if, I imagine there'll be some sort of thought on the side of the Conservative parties that, uh, that there'll be some sort of major slip up this week, but uh, that doesn't look like it's likely to happen. And I guess that could be even wishful thinking. Uh, what are your thoughts about uh, you know just these coming days? 
as we progress towards polling day, uh, if Labor holds on and doesn't do anything wrong, that's the thing that will likely get them across the line. What are your thoughts, Martin? Yeah, I think that's it. If Labor can just be uh, free of scandal, free of blunder, um, I think it's theirs in the back um, because they have, we can't forget, they've been leading um, the polls for a very, very long time and it's always been the unlosable election is the way they've put it for Bill Shorten um, and uh, if he lost it, it would be really unique in all of Australian political history for an opposition leader to come back from the depth that he was, from the height Let's call it a reality check. And uh, when we talk about the election and uh, the momentum and the way that uh, the Australian Christian lobby has been approaching this, and uh, we won't go through all of those things that we often will talk about and uh, all of the things that may happen or are likely to happen on the other side of a election that the Labor Party wins by way of putting the clampers down on the freedoms that the Christian church has experienced and the freedoms that all Australians have experienced because of this, uh, what you might even call an attack on religious freedom, you've had a army of people all over the nation, uh, Martin, who've been letterboxing, who've been campaigning in some sense to alert people to the challenges uh, of what happens if there is a change of government. Uh, give us some indication of, of things that have been happening on that level. Well, this has been really exciting, Neil, uh, to see it unfold. We've had some news coverage as well in some of the major newspapers because people are taking notice. Um, and it is a campaign that we've run nationally. It's a field campaign. That means it's volunteers wearing ACL T-shirts out and about in every state in Australia. We've picked an electorate in every state, even an electorate in the Australian Capital Territory. And uh, it has been a campaign of, depending on the electorate, um, letterboxing door knocking and phone calls. Uh, it's highly targeted. Um, we do some wizardry whereby people put the flyers and make the phone calls and knock on the doors of targeted homes, so homes where we know conversation will make a difference. Uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting technology that goes into doing that. Um, and it has been a, a highly successful endeavour for us. And we've made it highly targeted in very small local areas. So 
can measure the the result of what we've done. We'll be able to measure the particular booth that people are voting at uh, in different areas, and we'll be able to see whether or not our efforts in their area made a difference to the final vote as compared with the surrounding booths and the surrounding electorates. Um, and the reason we're doing that is, yes, it is to start that long education program in the Australian community about what religious freedom is, what it means for us all, uh, and why it really, really matters, uh, perhaps more than most Australians realise. Uh, and also, we are doing some work on educating parents in particular about some of the LGBT stuff that's in the ALP's national platform. And we're doing that because we find that when parents discover that this is in there and when they see what's going on sometimes in their local school, they get very, very, very upset. And they didn't know before. And they want to know this. And when we, when our volunteers are able to talk to them about it, it really does affect the way they think and the way they approach their vote. And I'm excited about what we've been doing because it looks very likely that we'll get another set of data that shows that what we've done has made a difference. And if we can show that we've made a difference in the marriage campaign, we've made a difference in the Victorian state election, and we've made a difference in this election, we know that our volunteer platform works. And we know that Christians across this country can stand up and speak to their faith and knock on doors, volunteer for ACL, and they can actually make a difference in the public square. And the difference with our campaign is this. We tell the truth. Uh, we're not into uh, just raw scare tactics. We're not into um, telling fibs about death taxes and all the rest of it. We don't buy into that kind of policy. Our people are just out there knocking on doors and telling the truth. Or if you don't feel up to that, they put it in the letterboxes as well. That's another thing you can do. And flyers that just tell the truth. Uh, and it's amazing what a difference that can make. We'll actually be launching a new activist uh, platform, a new volunteer platform, uh, in the months following the federal election. And we will spend three years through that volunteer platform and through the tremendous support of our wonderful supporters, uh, going around key electorates and doing this information campaign so that next election in 2021 or whenever it is, 2022, uh, next election, the issue of religious freedom will be fair and square on the agenda because the politicians will know that there's a groundswell of support around this issue. They will know that it could cost them votes. So that's the long-term plan, and uh, I'm thrilled with the efforts of our volunteers is released, and I'm thrilled to see that it's a plan that could just come together in God's providence. Martin, there's no bigger illustration right now as to the threat to religious freedom than the case that has surrounded Israel Folau, uh, found guilty of uh, breaching his contract over uh, putting up that, uh, that post uh, that quoted a Bible verse. And I know that uh, the Australian Christian Lobby has sent a letter of support to Israel Folau, and uh, a lot of people are right behind that. That is right. And I think a lot of people in the Australian community are getting behind Israel Folau. I've been quite um, impressed by the groundswell of support, even just in the last week, not just from media commentators, but also from super rugby players who gathered for prayer on the, on the, on the field um, in for him and uh, also some church leaders have come out uh, and voiced their support. And we put up this letter. Now, this is simply something for us to write to him. It says, look, Israel, you're not alone. There's many of us who are with you, and we want to thank you for your boldness uh, at a time when compromise is easy and religious freedom is under threat. And I do think that his boldness is astonishing. Uh, and then it goes on to say, look, we're with you and we're praying for you often and uh, invite people to put their signature on. It's not even up for a couple of days, Neil, and it's got over 
the time that Rugby Australia decide what his penalty is. So they've decided he's breached the code of conduct, and now they've got to decide what the penalty will be. We're expecting he might lose his job. We want to be able to get that letter to him with tens of thousands of Australians having signed off on it, uh, and so that he can have that support. Because he doesn't have heaps of support around him. He's obviously got his family, he's got his wife and so on. But, but you know, it would be really nice for him to know just how supported he is by his fellow Christians in the Australian community. And I'll just say this, that some people have expressed reservations about signing it because of this talk that he's breached his contract or that he was severely warned and he promised not to do it again. But without going into too much detail, let me just say that's probably untrue. Um, as far as has been able to be ascertained, and certainly on his word, that never, ever happened. Uh, and he has said to others, including, uh, say, Nick Farr-Jones, uh, he has said, if I, I would never, ever, 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 ever have agreed to anything that would have prevented my ability to talk about my faith. And I think we can believe that based on his example. So there was no social media clause smuggled into the contract. Uh, there was no verbal promise where he said he would never do it again. That seems to be red herrings. And what we're left with is the fact that the, tribe, the, um, the legal panel found this. They found that he had breached, not his contract, but that he had breached the Rugby Australia Code of Conduct. So there wasn't a special clause or anything. It was just a general code of conduct that applies to players. And it would have said something along the lines of you can't act in a way that's discriminatory, etc. Now, but this is why it matters, because Israel allows cases, all of our cases, because we all have codes of conduct like that that our employers enforce, whether we're lawyers, whether we work in shopping centres, whether we work in, in, in supermarkets, whatever. They've all got these codes of conduct. That's what Israel Folau is being held guilty of breaching, and that's why he's losing a $16 million contract. So his case could end up being all of our cases because we all want to be free to believe and speak our belief in our workplace. Oh, well, thanks so much for clarifying that. Uh, that's an important difference. The idea, it's not a breach of contract, but a breach of the code of conduct. Uh, this, this is extending right to the leaders of our nation uh, when it comes to the issue of freedom. And that's how important this is. And uh, as we say, that Israel Folau case is an illustration that uh, what we've held true and held valuable uh, is now greatly at risk and religious leaders have been writing to the Prime Minister and the Leader of the Opposition and they're wanting to, in some ways, uh, make sure that those leaders are not in the dark about how church leaders feel. Uh, what's happened with the, the this letter that the religious leaders have written to the, lead, to the uh, Prime Minister and the Leader of the Opposition? Well, it's a great thing that they've done, Neil, and... Um you know, I think the Israel Folau case presented a real opportunity to do it. Uh, to clarify, Israel Folau is far from the first uh, man in Australia to encounter this kind of thing in his workplace. Uh, we have seen dozens and dozens and dozens of these cases, literally. Uh, it's just that Israel Folau is sufficiently high profile that the mainstream media decided to sit up and take notice. Uh, and so this sort of thing is going on all around the place. There's a number of other threats to religious freedom, as the listeners might know. Uh, for example, Christian schools being put under pressure, for example, parents being put under pressure about what they can teach in the home with regards to gender identity and things like that. There's a number of very serious concerns around how free will we be to live out our faith in our family and our work and all of those contexts in the future if some of these policies being proposed in the political realm come into force. So the religious leaders have actually captured that concern, that sentiment, in a letter and this has included leaders of major church denominations across Australia, and they've written to Bill Shorten, they've written to Scott Morrison, two different letters basically saying, listen, 
Uh, we really are very concerned about these matters of, of serious gravity uh, if your party should win government. I think it's a great move. Um, whether or not it'll have a huge impact is another thing. I think that it's easy for Christians to assume that just because an important person has written a letter, that will change the mind or influence the politician. Now, I just want to say, and I can't say it firmly enough, that's not true anymore. That used to be true. It's not true anymore. What will change the mind of a politician uh, is if they believe that they are actually going to lose votes on this. Uh, and they don't have a lot of evidence of that at the moment. And that's where ACL platform comes in that I talked about before. After the election, we get volunteers in the field. We start campaigning to change hearts and minds in the electorate. And we do that for three years. We've got a strategy. It will work. Uh, and what that'll do is it'll send a message that, you know what, votes are changing. You know what, the people care. So I think that if we do both of those things, there's a powerful message. Uh, and I'm really glad that church leaders have taken that leadership initiative and put that letter in this week. Well, that's going to be heartening for so many people when they recognise that uh, the Australian Christian lobby isn't just speaking for today, but you've got a longer-term strategy. And, of course, uh, you've been building a foundation now for many years, and uh, we've been very pleased to be working alongside in that sense of getting out this message to listeners all around Australia about how to think Christianly about the sorts of direction that our nation's heading. Now, tomorrow night you've got something special on because uh, this is something that has impact on uh, what may happen this weekend with the election, but also, as you say, a part of a, a long-term strategy too. But you've got this webcast that's happening tomorrow night. starts at 7.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time uh, on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, give us some indication about what sort of things that you're going to be wanting to talk to supporters of the ACL tomorrow night, Martin. Well, I guess that's just the thing, Neil. I'm not sure because uh, it's a Q&A. So uh, there are people submitting questions now through our website. If you go to our website, acl.org.au, uh, there's a link there to this uh, federal elections uh, live uh, stream, uh, and you can, you can put in a question there, and it'll, it'll come online, of course, tomorrow night for you to watch as well. Uh, and I'll just be on the camera, and uh, I'll be taking questions from our Facebook fans, I will be taking questions over YouTube, so it'll be up on our YouTube channel, uh, and I'll be answering some of the questions that have been submitted in advance through our website. Um, and uh, it'll all be about what is ACL doing in the federal election, what is the, what is at stake in the federal election, what, whatever questions you want to ask that are in the orbit of the federal election, uh, I'm very happy to answer. Uh, and so it will be very interesting to see what comes up. Um, you can ask me anything from practical stuff to theological stuff. I don't really care. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm used to getting peppered with questions everywhere I go, uh, and it's just an opportunity for more ACL supporters or more people in the community to be able to have that access to ask those questions and just uh, and just to see uh, uh, what, what, what's at stake. I mean, I think it's going to be really important to uh, show the shared concern that we have uh, and also to really articulate clarity what what we should be doing around May 18, but also what we should be doing around being influential as Christians in the political process going forward. I think those are the themes that are going to come through very strongly. Okay, well that's happening tomorrow night, 7.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time. 
and uh, people will be able to access that webcast on Facebook or on YouTube. So uh, it might be a matter of foregoing your favourite primetime television to be involved in a very important conversation. And uh, Martin Isles, answering questions, you'll be able to make a a contribution to that. Ask your question. Uh, It'll be 90 minutes. Martin, answering questions live via Facebook and YouTube. Another thing, just very, very quickly uh, to mention, Martin, tomorrow night in Perth, there is a rally for life that's on, and it's the 21st year they've had this rally. And uh, just to mention that it's organised by Australian Christians and the strongest in WA, the Australian Christians, but they've got candidates who are standing for the federal election this weekend. Uh, any thoughts on just this this rally for life and, and the very fact that uh, the uh, the issue of pro-life issues is firmly on the agenda for this federal election? It's not just a state issue anymore. Well, yeah, look, I think that the pro-life issue is something that, as Australians, we need to get behind. Uh, I go over to the US occasionally, and I just see how unbelievably strong it has become there. Uh, and uh, I think to myself, look, we really need to do something uh, around this in, in a larger scale than what we have. Been. So I would say to people, be a part of that movement, be a part of that growth to the Australian pro-life movement, because the Americans are showing us how it's done, and they're showing us that you can actually win, and you can do good real good in the community by pushing this issue. So I would say, look, we've got a few things available to us already in Australia, and one is some of these marches for life. There's one in, in Perth that we've just mentioned. There's the March for the Babies in Melbourne that comes around later in the year. And look, do the, go to those things, because one of the key planks in the American activist uh, program for life is the March for Life in Washington, D.C. And that draws people together. It creates momentum and energy and they go away and they do things in their community. So I'm right behind the growth of these things. And I say, if you're in Perth uh, and you're available, go along, look it up, because we are not finished with this space in Australia. There's a lot more to come. Okay, and that's Rally for Life tomorrow night for Perth listeners. Uh, tomorrow night starts at 7, finishes at 8.30, co-chaired by Marika Granvold and Dwight Randall from Australian Christians. And uh, there is a website too, australianchristians.com.au for the details of where that rally uh, will be happening and uh, anything else you might need to know about that. Uh, Martin Isles is the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby and let me encourage you, it is the start of the election week. Next Saturday we'll be going to the polls and I'd encourage you to check out the resources that you'll be able to access for an idea about how Christians think about the coming election. acl.org.au is the website of the Australian Christian Lobby. And on there you'll find links uh, to stories and resources by which you can make a uh, a wonderfully shaped Christian uh, position when it comes to the issues being faced this election. acl.org.au Martin Isles, thanks so much for joining us once again today on 2020. Thanks again, Neil. My pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.